I'm Desiree. And I'm Taylor. You're tuned into Birthkeeper Banter, a space to discuss powerful birth stories, radical birthkeeping, and all things birth outside of the box. This podcast is produced by Herbal Training, and nothing discussed should be considered medical advice because birth is not a medical event. For classes and more information, go to herbal.teachable.com. Hi, everyone. We are here today with two ladies that are here to share about their journeys. They are both um, herbal students. They both had free births on the same day, which is pretty neat, pretty different. And they're both going to share about their stories, their journeys as mothers, their different birth experiences, and then what they do and how they attend and where they're at, the services they offer, things like that. So we are here with, like I said, Sydney and Ashley. Ashley, would you like to go ahead and start and share about the beginning of your journey and the rest of the way through? Absolutely. Thank you for having me. Um, Okay, so I am a mom to four. Um, My oldest, his birthday is coming up on Friday, um, June 24th. He's going to be eight. So I had him very young um, at 19. I guess not very young, but pretty young at 19. Um, And he definitely kicked off my motherhood. And I always knew I wanted to be very um, educated about the choices I made for him. But um, I was a typical hospital birth. Um, I did go into labor on my own though. Um, didn't I did have an epidural at the very, very end and it only worked on half my body. You know, pretty standard stories there. Um, and then I got pregnant shortly after he was born, um, about four months postpartum. Um, I miscarried that baby. And then I had my second, like I got pregnant immediately after with her and I knew I wanted a midwife, um, but I moved to Kentucky at 34 weeks pregnant with her. And I looked everywhere for one and I thought I found one and she was at a hospital and they said it was illegal for uh, midwives to deliver babies in Kentucky. And I was just very taken back by that. Like I didn't understand. It didn't really make sense to me. Um, I found out later that was not true (laughs) at all. Um, And I knew after I had her that I would definitely have a home birth with my next baby. Um, And so in 2018, I did have my third and I had a midwife um, at home. Very wonderful birth. Honestly, it was very pain-free. Surrounded by a lot of people that loved and supported me and it was a great birth. Um, So I knew when I got pregnant with my fourth that it was going to be another home birth was not even a question. Um, I was going to plan on seeing my same midwife. um, But I really don't know where my the change came from. I I had, I, every time I went to go see my midwife in office, um, I, I couldn't, I couldn't get in to see her. I was always being shifted around like, oh, she was at a birth, totally understandable. Um, or she decided to leave early for whatever reason, which again is fine. Um, but I, I kept missing her and I was about 20 weeks pregnant and again, could not see her. And she's like, well, you never asked me to be your midwife anyway for this baby. And I'm like, what? Like, I haven't gotten to see you. I'm 20, 20 weeks pregnant or so. And 
I had been talking with Sydney and she was already determined to go unassisted. And so I kind of was playing with the idea. And my husband, as soon as I brought that up, he was like, absolutely. I know you can do it. You are more than capable. I think you should. And the only person that was standing in my way was me. <laughs> um, I was just kind of like iffy on, you know, if I should or not. And so I decided to start researching and reading and how to have my own at home. And it became very clear to me, especially since I was due in February and I knew the chances of having weather issues and an ice storm like if I were to have hired a midwife she wouldn't have made it there's no way like I knew my last one was very fast she was four no three and a half hours and so I'm like well it could be even faster and my midwife was going to be um, about two hours away from me so I decided to go ahead and plan for an unassisted birth um and it was an amazing decision. Um, so I can kind of go in now about talking, if you'd like, about the actual like labor uh, and birth of camp. Yeah. Okay. So um, let me, I have my calendar. Okay. So on the 15th, no, the 14th of February, which was a Sunday, that night I was um, 30. No, not I don't want to interrupt you. I don't the interrupt seven. you. Yeah. <laughs> I meant the seven. I'm sorry. <laughs> Thank you, Sydney. <laughs> the seven. So I was what? When I was 39 and baby two. I'm not sure. I was before my due date. Um, and I had from stress a really bad. IBS attack. Um, and it lasted from midnight to 7 a.m. And it was horrendous. I got no sleep that night. And I I remember right at 7 a.m. I was laying on the couch and I was like, oh thank God, it's over. I can finally like relax. And at exactly at 7:30, I felt my first contraction. I said, Oh no, this cannot be happening right now. I am too tired for this. And so I contracted on and off the whole day. My mom took off. Um, she was already with me here and she took off work and I went to the chiropractor and um, she did my adjustment. She felt for baby and she's like, yeah, you're, you feel really ready to go right now. And um, thankfully after that adjustment, my contractions stopped and I was so thankful because I knew my body, I was so tired. I was not ready. Um, but I did, you know, have some contractions on and off until Thursday. Um, Thursday around like six, I started feeling them again. They were about 30 minutes apart. So I was just thinking, okay, it's, it's going to be at least another week or two. I was very prepared to go um, until 42 weeks. I, I knew for sure I'd have my baby after Sydney. And I told her that whole pregnancy <laughs> so I promise I will be pregnant longer than you <laughs> um and I think it was around 10 30 and I know Sydney had gone to bed at this point and I was laying in bed and I felt a contraction again and I was like oh that kind of did something and I was like well let me just go get up get some food 
everyone else was sleeping in the house and I laid back down after I got some cereal and I felt another one about 10 minutes later. I was like, this, we might be onto something. And at 11, that's when I decided to, to get up. I'm like, you know, you need to crank up the water heater, make it a little bit hotter, um, start filling up the pool, um, just do all the things I need to do while everyone sleeps. And at 11.30, I woke up Clayton and I was like, hey, we're for sure having a baby. And he went, oh. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, no, for real, get up, we're having a baby. So he, he got right up and we were boiling some water because I ran out of hot water at this time and filling up the pool. And I did go live for my birth. Uh, I went live for this one and last one, my third. <laughs> And I set up the camera, everyone was so excited, like, yes, let's do it, let's, you know, it's time, and uh, we had a really good thing going on, but I noticed my best friend was not on there, and I said, where's Sydney? And like, it's okay, we'll get her, we'll get her, and I was like, okay, and I, I labored um, in the water for quite a while, and I kept feeling a lot of pain in my uh, on the tops of my thighs and it felt like knives were like shredding my um, my muscles and I had never felt that before and like I said with my third at home it was virtually pain-free like I it would people even question if I was even in labor that's how calm I was and this one was just a whole new ball game and looking back and watching myself you know labor on the toilet and having those pains standing up being just not right something was not right and I kept saying he's not coming down um he's way too high up still I don't understand and then I caught myself saying he's stuck he's stuck he's stuck now looking back I think he had some sticky shoulders um and I watched myself you know instinctively moving and I would go from one position to the next and I did things like opening my pelvis, but I didn't even realize I was doing that while I was in labor until I watched it back. Um, and so I did labor until I think it was about 3.30 in the morning and I was just tired and over it. <laughs> and I just, I was pleading with God. I'm like, please, I need to sleep. I need to rest. I just need rest. And I think it was about a couple contractions later and I, I, I'm pretty sure I, I felt like I fell asleep for 10 minutes, but I think it was only like a couple, <laughs> but it was the rest I definitely needed to keep going. And I was on my hands and knees after, after I woke up and I had so much pressure and I felt, um, I felt Campton's head really close. And I, I, the next contraction, I felt like my baby was coming out of my butt and I yelled at my husband. I said, I need counter pressure on my butthole. And he said, what? I said, counter pressure on my butthole. And he's like, okay. And he smacked his hand up there and my water burst. And I felt so much relief. It was so good. And I, and I just sat there and I looked at him and I'm like, it's okay. I can do this now. We got, I got the rest. It's okay. I can do it. I promise. And it was a couple more contractions. I, I, I felt down again and my eyes widened. I looked straight at Clayton and I said, I can feel his head. And I knew I flipped my leg up to like a captain's position and his head just popped right on out. 
and Clayton, he went to go like grab him. I said, no, don't pull him, don't pull him, don't pull, don't pull. And then the next contraction, he just flew right out. I unwrapped his cord. He was kind of wearing it like a boa. And it was just so magical. And I wouldn't have changed. Well, I did. I would change one thing. I forgot to mention this whole time, my sweet two and a half year old daughter um, from midnight. Well, she was up until 6 a.m. Um, wanted to watch Baby Shark. So I got to labor to the tune of Baby Shark. And every 15 minutes, she would tell me that there was an ad on the TV and it broke. Um, so if I had help, I would have liked to have had my mom there to, to remove her. <laughs> but other than that, it was a wonderful birth. Um, you know, I got to see a lot of very encouraging things while I was laboring from um, Sydney, from my mom. Just all my friends were so positive and I really appreciate that. Um, and then also, so we're going to talk about the second part of delivery, which is placenta. Um, I sat in the, the pool for another 30 minutes and I started to get really cold. You know, there was um, hot water still being put in. Uh, I was right next to like an electric fireplace and I was shivering. And so I didn't really know at the time something was wrong. I think I was starting to go into a little bit of shock, <laughs> but I got out, well, I went to get out and I realized, oh, I did not birth my placenta. Um, and so I kind of like moved the cord from side to side to see if I can kind of wiggle it out. I tried pushing it out, nothing. And I called my midwife that I had with my third. And I'm like, I am so sorry. I know it's 4.30 a.m but I can't get the placenta out. And she goes, Ashley, did you try like getting on your knees, moving? And I said, no, did not try that. <laughs> so I rocked to my knees and it just fell out. <laughs> and that was, yeah, that was that. It was very easy delivery of the placenta. Um, yeah. Awesome. Is that everything you wanted to share pertaining to your story? I mean, it was pretty not, I mean, it was pretty uneventful for the most part. Um, okay. Well, that's good anyway. That's good anyway. No issues with that. Yeah. Was your partner chill the whole time? He was. Um, very surprisingly, like, I watched the video back, and he never seemed concerned. He never seemed worried. He definitely trusted that I knew what to do. He was very encouraging. Um, I watched him kind of like peek down to see if he could see the baby coming out, even though it wasn't even time yet. And um, he was, as I was um, delivering camp, he would be like, okay, guys, we have a head. We got shoulders. Oh, we have a baby. Like he was just, he tells now, um, any pregnant woman he comes into contact with that she should have her baby at home without a doctor. And I said, okay. Um, yeah, <laughs> I mean, I agree. He's very pro unassisted birth. <laughs> awesome. I love that. I love so much that your whole story is what it was. And then it went that way. But like, I'm curious as to how Sydney's ties in and when she gave birth in like, when was your birth? What time did you give birth ultimately? 4 a.m. You gave birth at 4 a.m. At exactly 4 a.m. Oh, on his due date. 
on his due date, which is a three to four percent chance. Okay, mm-hmm. I've seen that lately myself. <laughs> so, what about you? What about you, Sydney? Is there any? Can you share like your, you know, starting at your first experience and then going forward, and make sure that once you get to the free birth portion, that you touch on um, the actual time and day you gave birth? Because I'm curious to see how close. So, yeah, go ahead and share. Uh, yeah, so thank you for having me on. Um, my situation, <clears throat> my situation, my story sounds a lot similar to Ashley's. Actually, I got pregnant at 19 with my first, um, and I actually was born C-section. My mom got induced for being three weeks overdue, and she labored for three days, and then gave, then had ended up with a C-section with me. And so when I got pregnant, I didn't really know anybody that had had a vaginal birth. And I remember I, I found this um, OB group that was at the teaching hospital in Rochester, New York, near where I'm from. And uh, every time they would ask me about my birth plan, I would pass out in right in the appointment. And it was like, it was terrifying to me. I could not even consider the fact of having birth. Now, mind you, I also was diagnosed with hyperemesis gravidum with, with this baby. I had lost 35 pounds. Passing out was kind of a thing that I did. I would pass out in Target and I'd pass out, I passed out while driving and I ended up with those portable IVs. Like it was, so like looking back, it was likely just like a blood pressure and blood sugar thing, like just stress. But um, they had basically asked me at one appointment and they said, you know, you really have to consider, I was like 20 weeks pregnant, but like, you really have to consider the fact that you're going to have a baby. Like we can't not bring it up anymore. And I said, do I have to? <laughs> and they said, well, we could schedule you a C-section for your due date. And I said, that's perfect. Let's just do that. Like, I'm not going to give birth. I am not going to labor. Like that's not happening. Um, and so I had that planned. And at 37 weeks, they diagnosed my son with IUGR. They said that my placenta had failed it was, or it was failing. He was going to be less than five pounds. He was going to be a preemie and I needed to go in for my C-section now. And I said, no, because at this point at 37 weeks, I had already planned my C-section. And so now everybody's giving me their horror stories from their C-section recoveries. And so now I'm terrified to have any type of birth. And so I said, no. And I, and I successfully like kept them at bay. Um, at this point I was on a bowling league and one of the, one of my friends that I bowled with She's like, you need to watch this movie. It's called The Business of Being Born. I was like, okay, sure. Do they show a birth? And she's like, you can skip that. I'm like, all right. I didn't end up skipping it. I watched the movie and I'm like, oh my God, this system is corrupt. I can't have a C-section. They're going to get all this money and they're going to mutilate me. No. And I decided, um, I walked into my appointment at 38 weeks, my biophysical profile, since I was having them twice a week now, since I was declining my, my inductions and my C-sections for IUGR, I said, I'm going to have a vaginal birth. And they're like, great, like go get induced. And I said, no. <laughs> and I successfully held them off until 41 weeks and five days. Um, and then I finally relented because then they started playing the dead baby card right now. He's been failing placenta for so many weeks. Now, you know, he might not even be alive. It was horrible. I get induced and they had me on every drug imaginable. I'm, I was not dilated at all. I, it was horrible. Um, I ended up with morphine and oxygen masks and an epidural and cervidil and, uh, and cytotec and the Foley bulb. And I did end up giving birth to him vaginally, 
but it was in front of an audience of like 12 people, like all the specialists, they had the incubator on wheels and he was seven pounds, 10 ounces. And so that experience not only gave me a huge trauma response, like trauma trigger to anybody touching me and looking at me and putting their hands on me without my consent, which happened over and over and over again, but also a huge distrust in the medical system because they had told me I didn't even have, I didn't even have clothes for my kid because they told me it was gonna be a preemie. So like I had, I, and I knew that I would never have another drug during labor. That's what I had decided. And so I got pregnant with my second child um, on my honeymoon with my first father. Um, my son was 18 months and I made it until 41 weeks and five days with him. And I gave birth to him, I would say relatively natural. Um, the only thing that happened was I got a new vein an hour and a half before he was born. So that was fun. So we were both kind of drugged up a little bit there, but um, I didn't end up with the Pitocin or the epidural or anything. And so to me, that seemed like an amazing birth. Um, and then I got pregnant nine months postpartum unintentionally, and it was really hard. I didn't know if I was going to keep the pregnancy. Um, it was, it was a big, big time in mine and my husband's marriage because it was never a doubt in his mind that we would have this baby, but it wasn't mine. And we, we just couldn't see each other in it. And I couldn't see myself as a mother of three kids. I mean, neither of my kids were potty trained. They still aren't. <laughs> um, <laughs> but, you know, it's just, I, I just didn't expect it. And so, um, at 11 weeks, I had made the decision after I had called and made the Planned Parenthood appointment to have the abortion. When my husband told me he wouldn't go with me, I had made the decision to cancel that appointment and I called the birth center in Buffalo. At this point, the birth center in Buffalo is like two and a half hours from my house. And I go to this appointment with this absolutely horrific OB. Sorry if you know who she is, but she's terrible. Um, and I realized through that experience that midwives in my state of New York have more regulations that they put on their patients than like OBs do. I, um, I couldn't decline any ultrasounds. I couldn't decline the glucola. I um, had to have a Doppler during labor. She, she said, I didn't need to have it during my appointments, but I had to have it during labor. Um, if I went over 40 weeks, I had to come in twice a week for biophysical profiles. And because I lived so far away, she told me that she would recommend me getting a hospital or a hotel room if I went over 41 weeks. And that even if I went to four, like in Buffalo, and even if I went over 41 or 42 weeks, I wouldn't be able to deliver in the birth suite. But don't worry, she's an OB. So if I ended up having to go to the hospital, she could still be my, my OB and she could perform my C-section. She said it just like that too. She's like, and I can perform your C-section. And I'm like, uh this is not going to work. And I, I left that appointment and my husband and I looked at each other, we're like, this is not the choice for us. Um, and so then I said, okay, let's look at my home birth midwives. And I was going to have to pay out of pocket. And they had the same exact regulations. Like I couldn't decline anything. i only get 80% of my money back from insurance. And it just wasn't, and it was a lot of money and it, it just wasn't what I wanted. And I told my husband, I was like, okay, so we can't have a midwife and I'm not going to the hospital. You couldn't take me there kicking and screaming. I'm going to have this baby at home. <laughs> and he said, okay, 
but I'm not comfortable with that. And I said, okay, how do we get you comfortable? Because that's what's happening. <laughs> and uh, he didn't know. And I said, well, let me go call my doula. I had a doula who was there for like part of my like early labor for my second birth. And um, she was great. She just kind of walked around with me. She wasn't there for the birth, but I didn't really want her there for the birth anyway. Um, and I said, you know, hey, I want to have this birth at home. Like, do you do home births? And she said, yeah, yeah, I do. Who's your midwife? And I said, me, I guess, like nobody. And she said, okay, well, let me direct you to this other doula. And she directed me to this woman, Bridget. And Bridget said, okay, but I'm, I'm, I'm busy in the middle of a project right now. I'm not taking on any clients, but I know the perfect one for you. And she directed me to this woman, Kathleen, who, uh, she is my, <laughs> she is like who I want to be. She's this like wonderful, like in the MAGA stage of her life, like just sage woman. And we clicked immediately and she was going to be my birth keeper. And it was awesome. And we had a few meetings and it was, it was great. <laughs> um, and then, uh, so at 40 weeks and six days, um, it's like 6 PM on the same Thursday, Ashley and I went into labor at the same time, like the same exact hour. We both started having our contractions. <laughs> um, but I was a week ahead of her. So I was 40 in six days and I'm having contractions. I'm bouncing on my ball. I'm like, oh, this is it. Like, and I knew this. I was like, oh yeah, this is labor. So um, later that evening, I put the kids to bed. My husband and I stayed up until like 1030 playing the dice games and just enjoying like some quiet time. Um, and I was like, all right, I'm going to go to bed, try to get some sleep, you know, and if I fall asleep and the contractions stop, then it's not labor and that's fine, but I want to be rested. And so I go, I go to sleep and at like 2.30, my three-year-old comes into my room and he hasn't, he has never, or not my three-year-old, who's four? I don't know, my oldest, <laughs> four. He comes into my room and he's like, he's never done that before, ever in his whole life. Like I never co-slept with him either. And he like wanted to lay down with me. I was like, oh, this is nice. And I, and I realized I'm still having a bit of twinges. So I was like, okay, I'll just lay here. I can't sleep in the same bed as him though, because he's a cuddler and I don't like being touched. <laughs> uh, so I checked my phone, you know, just to, like see what was going on. I remembered Ashley was having some contractions. So I was like, oh, let's just see what happened. You know, I wasn't sure. It was her, it was her due date. Like nobody has ever read the other due date. I look at my phone and it is blown up from her husband. Her mom had messaged me on Facebook. <laughs> like my my phone is going off of mentions in the Facebook live group. And I'm like, oh my gosh. So I get on there and I remember coming into the group and like typing. I was like, I know I'm here, I'm here. And I hear Clayton go, Ashley, Sydney's here. And her going, oh, good. And just going back to like doing whatever she's doing. <laughs> um, and I got to watch her while I'm laying there having contractions, cuddling with my four-year-old, watch her have this beautiful baby. And I was just like seeing that, like somebody that I love so much having the type of birth that I want to have while I'm in labor with like this being, it was like looking into the future, like seeing that somebody else is doing it and like knowing that person, it just made it feel like I could, I never doubted myself throughout my entire labor. I never doubted that I could do it. I doubted that it was labor eventually, but like I never doubted that I could. And I attribute a lot of that to watching Ashley give birth. <laughs> and then, um, so Ashley gives birth to, ba to baby. They shut off the live and I go and I take my four-year-old up to his room. And, and I, you know, I tell my husband, I was like, you need to call into work because I'm having this baby today. And 
So I get some sleep a little bit on and off until like seven, we get the kids up, get them dressed and we go and we drive them off to the different relations. And I called my chiropractor and I said, I know I have an appointment today at two o'clock, but I would like it to be earlier because I'm definitely in labor and I want to get adjusted. <laughs> and so she said, okay. And then I got in at around 10. I texted Kathleen, my, my birth keeper. And I said, uh, just so you know, like, I think I'm in labor. I'm getting adjusted. Like, I don't need you or anything. I just want you to be apprised of what's going on. She's like, oh, okay, whatever. Like, I got some things to do today. You just let me know if you need me and I'll just kind of go on with life and you know, whatever. So I said, okay, that's great. And then, um, so at this point I'm 41 weeks and I get home at like 2 PM and I'm having contractions, but the adjustment had kind of like made me more comfortable. So they spread out a bit and they were more manageable. So I'm like, okay, we're going to speed clean this house. And so we're like mopping and blaring like nineties music. And I'm like getting crunk to R Kelly while I'm having labor or having labor contractions. And all of a sudden I'm starting to get really uncomfortable. And my, it's like five o'clock. My husband's like, you know, you wanted your mom here. And my mom lives an hour away. It's like, do you want to call her? I was like, I don't, I don't want anybody here. I'm doing great. And he's like, well, we just call her and she can come, you know, and just hang out and she could be in the other room, but this way, like, if you need her, she's not an hour away. I was like, okay, that's a good argument. He goes, what about Kathleen? And I said, Kathleen's 20 minutes away. She could stay home. Um, my husband blew up the birth pool. I get in it and my contractions kind of stop. And I was like, okay, I guess I'll eat. So I had a bagel on Swiss <laughs> or a Swiss on bagel. And, uh, <laughs> and, um, but I kind of felt like I was on display in the middle of the room. Um, even though like the lights were low and there was like the, my twinkle lights were around, it was just my husband and my mom. I still felt like everybody was staring at me waiting for something to happen. And so I kind of retreated into my shower, which is my happy place. And I took like a two hour long shower. I used all the hot water. Like we emptied the hot water tank. <laughs> um, and I got really loud and really vocal. And it was, an it was amazing. And nobody came in to check on me. Nobody was like worried. Nobody, do you need anything? Like they just trusted that if I needed something, I'd say something. And I really appreciated that. It got to be like 11 o'clock and I got out of the shower and I was like, okay, it's been a while since I've checked my cervix. And like, I know how to do that. So I did. And I was at three centimeters and I immediately was deflated. I've had no other signs of labor at this point. Like I didn't lose my mucus plug. My water didn't break. It's just contractions. Now I'm only three centimeters dilated. And I've now convinced myself that I'm not in labor, even though I'm screaming through my contractions, I'm not in labor. And so I'm explaining all this to my husband through these terrible contractions. He's like, why don't you just call Kathleen? So at, ele at 11.25, I called Kathleen and I said, is it too late? And she said, no. And I hung up and she came over. Um, however, she lived 20 minutes away. She has her own kids. So she didn't actually get there till a little after midnight. And I had my daughter on my bed, um, at 11 58 PM on the same day as Ashley. <laughs> um, I, the, I was the first person to speak after I had her, um, first person to touch her. I, I said, you know, it's a girl. I had no ultrasounds or anything, no sneak peek. Like I didn't know it's my first girl. My husband has a daughter from previous marriage. We have her full time, but like I'd never birthed a girl. I didn't know it was possible. <laughs> and, um, and I said, it's a girl, you know, hi baby. And I'm, I'm kind of breathing in her mouth a little bit. Cause she's a little gurgly and kind of like suctioning her. And my husband and my mom are just watching me and nobody's saying anything and nobody looks nervous. Well, my mom looked 
my mom looked nervous, but my husband was like completely, he was just like sitting there crying. He was just so amazed. And um, then I birthed the placenta. So Kathleen get, got there at this point and the placenta came out almost immediately, except for the outer membrane was still attached inside me. And I couldn't get it to come off. It was like 45 minutes. And Kathleen just looked at me. She's like, hey, you know, maybe you want to change your position. At this point, I was still on my knees from when I had birthed, the, um, when I had birthed one out, like I had birthed kind of in an upright position on my knees and she just plopped down onto the floor. And so I was like sitting on my knees mostly the whole time. She's like, hey, maybe we just get off your bed and we can just go for a walk and in, into your living room. But I wanted to do a lotus birth. So that walk was was Kathleen walking with a strainer inside a bucket with my part of my placenta in it. The other part still attached to me, the cord attached from the placenta to the baby who's in my husband's arms and like the three of us waddling across my, my house to get to my living room where I finally stopped moving in my living room and it just fell out, the rest of it. Um, my husband had some skin to skin with my daughter and I took the most glorious shower of my life. And I think that's, that's the whole of it. It was the most amazing, nobody touched me. Nobody, you know, asked me questions. Nobody, everybody just kind of assumed if everything was fine. And if they didn't assume that they didn't say it which was the important bit to me. <laughs> Absolutely. I so appreciate you sharing all of that. That is awesome. So it sounds like basically Ashley giving birth fed into you and gave you the empowerment and whatnot and you carry through. How was your partner though? Was your partner, um, well with everything he was just like yeah um so at first like when I was pregnant he was very skeptical um he trusted me so he was he was really happy that I hired Kathleen that was the reason I hired her was for him um and then during the labor he was great he never questioned me or anything and now he is like in full support he's like we don't need anybody there except for the immediate postpartum because somebody needs to clean up and I don't know what I'm doing <laughs> yeah yeah, that's, that's my job a lot of the time is <laughs> just cleaning up a mess sometimes. But yeah, and Kathleen, was she hired as your doula or what was she hired as, as the midwife? So she, um, she used to be DONA certified a few years ago and she stopped doing that. So she stopped using the title doula and she now uses the title birthkeeper. But she, she, gets, she got certified through the Matrona and she does mostly postpartum now, but she still attends, you know, just as like a, more some like a sister to walk with you is the way that she words it. Awesome. I love that. Especially in your state. I know that New York is horrific, like horrific. Like I will, those women in person for free, you come because we need people in New York so bad because of like you had said, it is one of the most regulated states in the U.S. and many people won't sit at birth. So I love that she's doing it in whatever capacity she's got to call herself. Doesn't matter, but that is phenomenal. I love that. I'm wondering if, Ashley, you want to share about your, um, what you offer, what you offer in attending where you're at, and if, you know, anything you want to share with everybody else. Um, I am Herbal Certified Birth Keeper. Um, I, I do all births. I prefer home births, um, and I do, I'm going to um, assist, well, not assist, I'm going to um, a birth soon, just as mother support, um, hopefully very, very soon. Um, 
I am in Northern Kentucky right now, but we did just get an offer on our house um, today and we are, we're gonna be moving closer to London, Kentucky, um, which is also near like Berea area. Um, I don't know, there's not about an hour and a half from Lexington. I don't know if that helps any like to kind of figure out where I'm at. Um, and yeah, I just, I'm going to be um, doing some schooling to um, be traditional midwife. Um, that's my goal. Um, I am very inspired by you to serve our Amish community. Um, I've been really loving hearing all of your stories and reading all of your posts. And, and we have a small Amish community right next to us where we're moving. And that's my, that's my plan. That is my current plan. And I'm really excited about the future. Awesome. Yeah. You're, you're going to love the Amish community. If you get in there, I really, I'm enjoying them so much. I saw three families today and I just, ah, that's where I feel at home. They're, they're so appreciative. They're well-rooted. They don't have like the, you know, our whole worldly stuff, conditioning them and making them feel bogged down. They're very present and they're caring and they're authentic and appreciative of everything we do so if you do get in there that is phenomenal I hope that you do I love to hear that is there like um a name for your business that you have um currently it's grounded in advocacy worth keeping um although I have been um thinking of changing it although I do love my name um I've been kind of having like a mindset shift. Um, you know, when I first started, I'm like, I want to serve first time moms and young moms. They have my heart. And although they absolutely do have my heart because I experienced a lot of, um, OBs just talking down on me, treating me like a child and like just a stupid kid having a kid. And I do, I don't want anyone to experience that. Um, you know, walking into motherhood, I want them to be fully empowered to know that they are fully in charge of all of their options for their child. Like, that's what I want for them. But I also have come to the realization is that I am not the hero of their story. They are the hero of their story. And I just, I don't know if grounded in advocacy really represents the message I want to fully get across. So I'm still thinking on it. <laughs> So it might change. <laughs> yeah, common in birth work. That's so common in birth work where we shift our name. I've changed mine for what resonates. And we grow through birth work as things come where we shift and we're like, yep, that doesn't resonate actually. And this is what resonates where we change what we do or how we serve and, you know, all of that. So I love that. That's genuineness. But basically you're in Kentucky, you're in Kentucky area. And then also um, Sydney, where are you located and what do you offer? Are you sitting at birth currently? Are you working with women and families? Where are you at? So I'm in the um, central upstate area. So I'm, I'm not anywhere in New York City. I'm not near the Adirondacks. I'm closer to, you know, um, Buffalo and Rochester, pretty close to the Pennsylvania border, but like central, not where you are. Um, and I am, I, I do have a, okay, so to start from the beginning, I first got certified for the herbal lactation, um, lactation counselor uh, course. And then 
I was certified through the herbal birthkeeping course. And I started a business called Full Circle Mama Support, uh, birth, breast, and beyond. <laughs> I, I still, that's, that's like my, that hasn't changed or anything like that. Like not like what Ashley's going through. Um, but ever since having my daughter, Gwenna, I, or my, my most recent birth, uh, Kathleen and I have teamed up and we do a lot together through a, through our business called One Sovereign Family. And currently, um, I do not attend births because in New York state, you can't attend without a medical license, but I do witness women who birth outside the system, um, in the capacity of support and education. Um, most of what I do right now is birth education courses for um, during pregnancy, um, not courses, classes, <laughs> um, during pregnancy, postpartum support, um, lactation, on-call lactation. Um, I currently only have one, <laughs> one mama on my client list right now, um, which is perfectly fine for me. I'm focusing a lot on trying to get out of New York, <laughs> uh, just so I can be more, um, Full, like fully committed to the vision I have for myself in serving women outside the system. Um, it's really important to me. I have been called an empath. I, I really take on a lot of extra, a lot of everybody else's trauma. Um, and I, I have to, I have to be very careful of how much I kind of expose myself to that kind of stuff. And I know that unless it was like a, like a transfer situation, there isn't a way that I would be able to be the best person to serve a woman intending to birth in captivity really yeah I can relate to that that's that's myself I'm afraid that I will catch myself a charge (laughs) (laughs) exactly yeah it's a different capacity but I love that I love that you're where you are and I totally get wanting to leave New York because yeah while I've served women in New York I won't today because of, you know, how, how loud I am about what I do and whatnot. And it's, yeah, as soon as you start sharing stuff, people want to pinpoint on you. And if anything would happen, I would be put right on a steak and cooked. So yeah, I get that. I get New York, California. Like that, those two are like some of the worst states to have for birth. Um, absolutely. But you're there right now and you're willing to help in any capacity that you can. I love that you teamed up with Kathleen. I love who she trained with as well. That is phenomenal. She's probably very brilliant herself. Um, but yeah, my big question is like, how did you guys both, how did you guys connect? What made you connect? What made you guys friends? Like, where did this like super deep connection come from? Do you want to go first or do you want me to? Yeah, go ahead. Okay, let me go first because we basically met because I became Ashley's fangirl. Um, so Ashley runs the very popular cloth diapering mamas group on Facebook and <laughs> it has 49,000 women. She's oh very proud of it. Yeah. <laughs> um, and so we ended up in the same like crunchy mama due date group, which also she started, um, and for like our birth month and in, I didn't realize the connection that we were in these two groups at the same time because I clothed diaper as well. 
And she went through like a lot of stuff in her cloth diapering group where like she just lost a bunch of moderators and I like sent her message. I was like, hey, like we're in the same due date group. You should make me a mod of your of your cloth diapering group. And then I just like blew up her inbox every day until she likes me. <laughs> Anything to add? Cause I'm not wrong. <laughs> okay. She was not a fangirl. No, we just had a lot in common and I loved her fiery spirit and she's just so smart. She's so wise. Um, she's very, she's a little bit younger than me, a little bit, but she's like, I swear, years wiser. She's just, I love her energy. She's so sweet. And like, I just was so drawn to her. And the more that we talked, like, I basically, the first thing I said to her, I'm like, you need to tell me all your secrets because we're going to be best friends. And she did. She's like, I don't tell people my business. And I'm like, because we're best friends. <laughs> and we just, we clicked on so many things. And even though we are so different, she is 100% the better half of me. And I don't, it was just, it was such a, a divine thing that we met and clicked like we did. <laughs> and to add just one more thing, because of you, Desiree, we actually get to hang out in September because I'm coming to the um, the mid the traditional birth attendant training in Kentucky, and I'm going to stay with her for the weekend, and I'm so excited. <laughs> oh my! Oh my goodness! <laughs> that is phenomenal. When Kentucky is happening we're going we're definitely going to the Kentucky training oh my gosh I'm so happy I was going to ask next if you guys had met but it sounds as though this is going to be the occasion and I get to see both of your faces so wow that is phenomenal wonderful wonderful this is like a full circle thing and I feel like this is what traditional birth attending is was meant to be it is a sisterhood it is a love it is a connection it's authentic it is not conditioned by these regulations and these rules and these people with white hair and these men it is this it's this and you guys already have that you have that connection I think that is so beautiful like absolutely I guess my my last question in that um, would be what would you suggest for others other moms that are wanting to plan a home birth by themselves or with a midwife, whatever. What are your, what would be your insight for that? Ashley, would you like to go first? Sure. Um, my biggest thing is, you know, when you talk to someone like, well, aren't you scared? Or like, what would you do with this? And education eliminates fear. It's a fact. We, the more you learn and know and trust your body to do what it needs to do, it'll all work out and, you know, keeping that education in the back of your pocket. So if the rare arises, you know what to do and no one knows your body and your baby like you do. So just learn what you can and trust the rest. Right. Absolutely. Release like the mentality of, oh, I have to control. I have to figure, I have to do this. I have to expect, if you're expecting problems, you're going to get problems. Yes, you are. Like, let that go. Just be open to and just be confident. And like you guys had said, like knowing what to expect and whatnot, that gets rid of a lot of fears. Just being confident and talking with others and knowing their confidence and hearing their stories. I definitely agree. Is there anything that you would want to add, Sydney? Um, 
Yeah. So for 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 me, not to say the completely opposite thing, because it's it's not opposite so much as it's in addition to that, is that you have to have a trust in your body. Like, yes, educate yourself on everything. I'm not saying don't educate yourself, but you also have to really believe that your body's not broken. And we have, especially as women, we've been conditioned since we were young that we we don't even know the names of our body parts. We can't do anything without the consent of a, of a adult or a man or a doctor. You know, you really have to kind of deprogram and like I unschool my kids. And so we use a phrase a lot of time, de-schooling. And you basically have to like de-school your conditioning that your body can't do this. So you really have to spend a lot of time figuring out how much you trust your body and like where you don't and doing the work to get to the point where you can believe that you can actually do it. Cause that's half the battle is no, is believing in yourself. Yep. Yep. It's the mind. The mind is the biggest pivotal factor in outcome, which we talk about in most of the podcasts. It's, it's a thing. And it's not bad. <laughs> it's not just like a, Oh, that's very woo. It could sound woo, but it's very real. Cause this isn't just a physical existence. It's not a scientific thing. We are also spiritual beings and we have a, a mental aspect and an energetical aspect and people don't really, you know, always factor those things in. And I'm so thankful that you had mentioned that. That's, that's a really big box that people need to understand. But yeah, I think it's so neat that, that both of you gave birth the same day. You're best friends. You're both with Herbal and just with the same level of birth works and you know, you have a trust in it. You have a trust in the physiology of what occurs. Is there anything that either of you would want to add before we wrap this up? No, I think, I think I'm, I'm good. Are you good? Yeah, I'm good. Um, I don't know. I think that's it. Yeah. (laughs) Well, thank you guys both for joining us today. I know a lot of women are going to be very thankful for this podcast. It has been phenomenal. You guys have both shared a great deal. Um, But yeah, thank you so much for joining. And I hope that you guys both and everybody else has an awesome rest of their day. Oh, thank you so much for having us. Yes, definitely a highlight of my day. Thanks for tuning in to this awesome episode of Birthkeeper Banter. Make sure you subscribe to our podcast so you can get notifications for future episodes. Again, for classes and more information, go to herbal.teachable.com. Brought to you by Herbal Training.